0: book of the Bible we're studying right now? Oh, you're so smart. What have we been talking about lately? Putting on the armor of God, right? Uh, In fact, uh, one of the things that I started off talking about, and I just kind of want to hone in on this for a little bit, is maybe in your spiritual life, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Have I used that example a couple times now? Yeah, and what I always say, I say, if if you're riding a roller coaster, I mean, going back down, that that can be great fun, can it? Unless what? Yeah, that would be bad. Unless what? If if, if you're aimed for what? You remember. Yes, the moon. If your hope is the moon, right? Can you just imagine the disappointment a, maybe a little kid would face? You get him on a roller coaster. This roller coaster is going to the moon. The moon? Yeah, are going to the moon. All right. And you get in the roller coaster and the kid's going, I can't wait to go to the moon. We're going, we're going, we're going. All of a sudden it goes, starts going back down. Like, ah. See, suddenly that down becomes a big disappointment, doesn't it? If your sights are set on the moon. For many of us, that's the way our spiritual life has been. Some of you maybe, that's not how it's been for a while. Some of you gave up on the effort to go because there's been so many try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. And finally you're just like, I'm satisfied with this. Right? Like a flat line. you hear the you know, that's not good. And so we're in a section that talks about this spiritual life, and Paul has laid out this huge view of God in Ephesians. He's talking about all these things that God's people can and should do. And maybe one of the reasons why you've looked at all this stuff and you thought, man, I just put it down, or I've kind of given up, or I'm just satisfied with just making it by. And I read these things in the Bible, and I think, wow, but I know that's not for me, because I know I'm no Peter or Paul, or I know I'm not any of those people. Uh, I, I get it. I'm okay with that now. Maybe the reason why you've maybe even given up on that is because you failed to realize that the reason why this is going on is because you're actually in the middle of a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual war going on. And you have failed to take that into account in how you live your life. Right? Right? You fail to, to factor that element in into how you're trying to live. I mean, you try to maneuver and navigate this life, and you fail to factor in the fact that there are actual spiritual evil beings that are dead set to ruin you doing what God wants you to do. And we're not talking about science fiction here, we're talking about a reality, a spiritual reality. That Paul tells us about. But God has not left us unequipped. He's given us what we need. I think for me, and maybe not for you, the thing that I marvel about, about this list of of things, and and Paul uses this image of armor, putting on armor, right? It's just a metaphor. But the, the thing that surprises me about this list are the things that aren't on there. And I've mentioned one of these before, and this is probably the example I'll use most often, because this is the one that I used to think, this is the thing I need to live a successful Christian life. When I was doing a lot of this, I thought I needed willpower. But that's not on this list, is it? That's not one of the weapons of spiritual warfare that God has given us to accomplish what He needs us to accomplish. Paul's told us that one of the, the elements, and he used the belt to describe it, was truth. Truth, such an important element to living life the way God wants you to live it. No little white lies in your life. I mean, absolute truth, honesty about where you're at, what's going on, the truth of who God is. The second thing we talked about was righteousness, and Paul used the breastplate of righteousness to give us a picture of that. The third thing... That Paul talked about is the readiness given by the gospel. The good news of who Jesus Christ is. There should be a readiness that comes from that. A preparation of the gospel of peace. The readiness of the gospel of peace. And that's where we've been in this this spiritual battle. This spiritual war. And God has given us these things. Truth. Righteousness. And a readiness in the gospel. That comes from the gospel. But now we're to verse 16 of Ephesians. It says this, in all circumstances, or some versions say above all, or over all these other things, kind of like last but not least, let's not miss this, kind of a big picture here. It says in all circumstances, take up, and that's going to be interesting, we'll look at that in a minute. All the other ones said having the belt, having the breastplate, having this, having this, now he's kind of, now take up the shield of faith. Uh, which, uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And so the next thing that we have here is this idea of faith. Interesting. Now, you may be thinking, although I've learned from this church that sometimes when I go, you may be thinking I'm off. You guys are thinking something totally different than what I'm thinking. So, I, I, really, you might be thinking this. I don't know. Uh, I, I say that you might be thinking this because I know that today... If you bring up faith, most people aren't totally opposed to the idea of faith. In fact, most people I meet, they like the idea of faith. But I think that when they're talking about faith, and most of the time when we hear faith mentioned, they're referring to something different than what Paul's talking about. Let me give you a couple ways of something different, okay? First, many people, when they talk about faith, they're talking about a feeling, like a confidence a, a trust and, and the second thing that they do is they, they say well it's, you maybe you hear something you got to have faith in something have you ever heard somebody say that before you got to have faith in something almost as if to say you got to anything doesn't matter what it is as long as you have faith in something that's what you need faith is such a good thing you got to have faith right well that's not the biblical view though is the problem with that Having faith in just something or anything is not necessarily what Paul is talking about. The emphasis on that sort of faith, the emphasis is on you. How you feel about the situation. How confident you are in what you think is going to happen. The emphasis is all in your level of trust, so to speak. The emphasis is on the faith itself. Now, I gave this illustration a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember it, but I said, you know, the reality is... That doesn't actually fit too well with reality. That's the reality. If, if faith was in and of itself the important thing, right? Let's say I said I, I am absolutely confident that I could come over here and I could stand on the edge of this thing right here, and I could fall backwards and it's not going to hurt. Oh, some of you flinched. Did you think I was going to do it? I could. I could. I just just fall backwards and it's not going to hurt. I have absolute confidence that's going to happen. Now, let's be honest doesn't matter how confident I am, if I fell backwards right now, do you think I would get hurt? Do you think my level of confidence will have any effect on whether or not I get hurt? No. It it has no effect at all, does it? I mean, I could say, I am confident. I could go up to Josiah and say, Josiah, I'm confident. I, I have so much faith in you. I believe that you could pick up this building it did not matter. I mean, you could hook me up to a lie detector and maybe I'm nuts and I, you know, I believed it. You know, I have absolute confidence you could do this. I could really believe it and Joe could really believe it. We could both really believe it. Is, that, is our level of confidence going to affect whether or not he can pick up this church? No. It has no effect on it. It's, just, it's ridiculous. But yet, that's how some people actually do look at faith. But I'm telling you right now, the Bible does not look at faith that way at all. In the Bible, the word that you see translated faith, sometimes that same word is translated believe. Okay? Believe. There's other words that we have that can be translated different ways. Uh, The difference with this word is that when it's a verb, when it's being used as a verb, most of the time it gets translated as believe, believe this. When it gets translated as a noun, it usually gets translated as faith. Now, we have other words that are like that. How about the word trust? I can go up and say, I, I trust you, like it's a verb, right? Or you could say, I have trust in you. Do you see the difference? Let me give you another one. But Let's go back to the word believe, though. We could translate believe as a noun. Some of you are thinking, this is an English lesson. No, trust me. Uh, we could translate "believe" as a noun. I believe in something as a verb. How could you tran How could you say the word "believe" but make it a noun? I think somebody just said it. What did you say? Belief. Did you say it too? Did somebody back there say? It? Oh, did you say? It? Oh, good job. Belief. Right. In the Bible, that's what you see when you see this word. Faith. It's talking about belief. In fact, a helpful little exercise that you can do is when you're reading the Bible, every time you see the word faith, instead of saying the word faith, say belief. My belief system, you could even say. How I believe. What I believe. Some people get frustrated with us Christians sometimes because of this exact thing. Because they're all about faith, as long as you have faith in something. But Christians, sometimes we tend to be, make the emphasis not on how much faith you have, but what your faith is in. I have to tell you, that's what I believe. I think the important thing about faith is not about what kind of faith you have, like, okay, do I have a ton of faith? Do I have. But what are you actually believing in? What's your confidence in? in. What's your trust in? And for a Christian, the important thing is not that you have faith, but that you have faith in what is real and ultimate. That's the important thing. Now you might be thinking, but oh, wait a minute. I am positive. I've, I've read the Bible. Parts of it. I'm confident that there's some places where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he goes, Oh ye of little faith. Oh, see, Matt, there you go. Their problem was they didn't have enough. Well, that's interesting. Let's take a look at that for a second. Little faith. The word that's translated is actually one word in the word that's translated little faith. The, the, word, the, the front of it is attached to the word faith, which means believe or belief, right? The, the front part that's translated little doesn't have to mean little, it could mean deficient or defective. Okay? I'm going to illustrate for you. And in my illustration here about little faith, uh, I'm going to give you some insight on how what it was like as a kid, okay, for me, with my dad. He loves it when I pick on him. Quite often my father would say, go get this tool, and he'd tell me this tool, and i got to be honest, 90% of the time I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Okay. So let's say we're outside, me and my dad, and he says, "Matt, we have got to cut down this tree. I want you to go get a saw." Now I'm—I'm going to admit to my my lack of intelligence as a child, but uh, let's say I'm actually going to go get a saw. Okay, you guys okay with that? I think it's weird that the pastor's walking off the stage, don't you? Okay, but this is what. Okay, Dad, I'll go get a saw. Just a second. Wait. Hang on. I wonder if you guys can hear me if I talk in here. Can you hear me still? Okay, so, all right, got a saw. All right, Dad, is this it? It's a saw, isn't it? He would probably look at me and say, oh, you of little saw. (laughs) I'm kind of missing the point, aren't I? Son, go back and get a bigger saw. Gotcha. Gotcha, Dad. All right. Bigger saw coming up. Bigger saw. Bigger saw. Here we go. This one is bigger. Oh, I can't even open it. Oh. I can't open it. I can't open it. Is this going to help? It's bigger? I'm not getting it, am I? This is actually what it was like a lot as a child. No, no, Matt. <laughs> okay. Bigger saw. Bigger. Got to get a bigger saw. Gotcha. Going to get a bigger saw? There we go. Is it getting bigger? And look how much bigger this is than this one. Well, here. Oh my goodness! Hurt myself. That's a lot bigger, isn't it? You know, the problem that I'm having with this big saw issue is that I'm not thinking even remotely big enough, am I, for a tree? If I'm cutting down a tree. These are all pretty ridiculous, aren't they? They are. And so when I say I'm not thinking big enough, so you can say you're not thinking big enough. It doesn't matter how big, I can get bigger and bigger saw, but to, to actually cut down a tree and then cut it up, I'm going to do firewood, I don't care how long and big the saw is, I'm not thinking big the right way, am I? I need something on a completely different level of saw. What do I need? Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Don't worry, I'm not going to start it up. Right? Now, in one sense, this one's about as big, but this is a different level of big, isn't it? Some of you guys are thinking, man, I'd love to grab that chainsaw right now and take it outside. Now, let's, let's take a look at those saws for a second. Oh, you have little Saul. Oh, you have little faith. You know what Jesus was meaning? Here's here's Peter. He sees Jesus walking in the middle of a storm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. He sees Jesus walking along on the water. First, they're scared. Then go wait a minute. If that's Jesus, Jesus, is that you? Tell me to come out there. They don't know for sure it's you. Jesus says, "Come on, Peter." Peter, you gotta love Peter, don't you? Okay, and he starts walking. You know, I just you know walk, on the water. What happens? What's that? Yeah, he started looking at what the, the water and the waves and everything else, and and he starts to sink. And this is one of those this is one of those cases we were talking about. Jesus says, "Oh, you have little faith," right? A little faith. He's not talking about that he he needed to get a bigger faith necessarily. He's talking about that your, your confidence was in something else besides Jesus. I mean, what's your faith in? Let me give you another great example of this. Luke chapter 17. Jesus is talking to Uh, his disciples again, and he tells them this. tells them, you need to forgive people. Okay? then he says, you need to forgive people if if somebody sins against you seven times in one day. Now, I'm not even going to go, in fact, the Luke passage doesn't even share the the 70 times seven part. We don't even need to go there. Think about it. Seven times, what Jesus says, if somebody comes to you and they do the same thing to you seven times in one day, let yourself chew on that for a moment. Seven times in one day, they do the same rotten thing to you. But every time they do it, they go, I'm so sorry. What's Jesus say to do? Forgive him. Right? Seven times in one day. You know what the disciples' response to that was? The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I'd probably say that too. Seven times in one day? I need more faith. I need bigger faith. You know what Jesus says? He says you're missing the point. Listen to this. And the Lord said, if, if you had faith, like real deal faith, in the right thing, the right kind of faith, even if it was the size of a mustard seed, it's tiny. Isn't it? If you had faith, even just a speck of the real deal kind of faith, Guess what? In this version he says, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Other places it talks about this where he says you could say to this mountain, move. What's the point that Jesus is making? What is the point? If you said, what's the point of what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is saying it's not about how much you have. See, see I can say you've got to have big faith, but when I say big faith, I'm not talking about that you've mustered up enough big in you. What I'm saying is, What's your faith in? Do you have big faith in a big God? How big is God in your life? For many of you, I know that God, He plays a show up occasionally kind of role. That's not big faith. Big faith is, is the kind of faith that says, God is God. He's everything to me. He is the Lord. He's the creator of the universe. I owe him my heart, my soul, my life. And I know what Jesus did on the cross for me. It's big faith. Not because I've mustered up a bunch of strong, I, I really have a lot of confidence. No, that's not what it's talking about, is it? See, Jesus is dispelling that. He's saying, you, you guys, you, you're, you're missing it. You don't need to increase it. When I say, little faith i'm not talking about you you just don't have enough confidence inside of you you're not having that strong feeling of like man i really am confident you know and this used to get me all to, i mean i used to think sometimes i'd pray for something and think that maybe maybe i just don't have enough faith and then i'd really okay lord i'm really gonna believe it this time oh you know really believe it now now god's gonna answer because i have a bigger faith and that does that work Anybody have any luck with that? Like really trying to muster up faith inside of you? I've never had any had any luck with that. But see, faith isn't about this confidence in yourself where you're going, I got a lot of confidence now. See, that's what a lot of us mean when we say faith. I got a lot of confidence in what God's going to do. That's not, see, that's not what faith is. Faith is talking to the emphasis in the point. What about is about what you're trusting, about how much you're trusting it. How big of a view of God do you have in your life? Does he take up your entire horizon of life? Or is he just bloody shows up from time to time when you need something? Is he God to you? Belief system. Do you have a big big view of God? Now listen to the rest of this, though. We've got to go back to Ephesians for a minute. Notice he says after that, he says, taking up, taking up the shield of faith. Take this up. The, the emphasis here is this, there's a continuing aspect of faith in the Christian's life. Some of us think that faith is that important thing. You've got to have it to get saved, and, and that's it. But, but Paul's emphasis here is, let me put it this way, ongoing usefulness of faith in your life. Above all, overall, last but not least you've got to have this faith you've got to be taking it up there's ongoing usefulness. A Roman soldier, their shield was full size they had big shields. Can you see that picture? good enough big, very useful shields covered a lot of area right and notice what Paul says these shields are good for what quenching the fiery darts of the evil one. See back in those days, sometimes you'd get the enemy would would shoot arrows that they had caught on fire had like tar and things on it that would burn and they'd shoot these arrows and they would, they would hit the shields. Even if you were able to stop it, they'd hit the shield and guess what they'd do? Catch your shield on fire. The Romans would many times take their shields and cover them in leather and then soak them in water before they went out on the field. And they would quench the darts. Right? Right? It would stop those fiery darts. And so Paul, he's got this picture in his head, I believe, when he's talking about faith and what faith can do. Faith is essentially useful in the ongoing life of a Christian. There's an ongoing usefulness with faith. Let's talk about the fiery darts for a second. Blank screen, huh? I'll show you my notes. Got a big blank there. See those notes? You're going, why are you showing that as... Well, I'll tell you why. When we're talking about the fiery darts of the evil one, what I'm thinking about, and what I believe Paul is referring to, is things like to sin. I think he's talking about persecutions. I think he's referring to any attacks of Satan. Anything that Satan might th- hurl at us. And notice, the fiery darts are to get the guys to drop the shield, right? Catch the shield on fire, so they drop the... I, I think that it's any attack that Satan might be doing to cause us to drop our faith, right? To drop the faith. And so I was asking myself, what sort of fiery darts do the people at Edgewood face? And I got to be honest when I was sitting there thinking about writing my notes, I thought, what, what kind of fiery darts? Did be? And I look out at it, all of you right now, I'm thinking, what kind of fiery darts, what kinds of things does Satan hurl at you? And you know what? I came up a total blank. I know the things that Satan hurls at me. But I was kind of, you, you know what You know what I think that is? You got your game face on today, right? I mean, you're at church. Things are good. You're happy. It's okay. You know, you might have a prayer quest here and there. But I haven't heard, I don't know, Maybe, maybe some of you guys in here you struggle with lust. I don't even know. I don't know if you do or not. Maybe it's maybe it's not pornography, but maybe 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 you're a guy that struggles with you're out on the street, and you do the you know, you know what I'm about? Check them out, right? You know, Jesus says that's a sin. Maybe you struggle with that. Most guys that say that they don't struggle with that, I don't believe them. <laughs> Now you're now you're lying. Okay, we got another problem. Maybe you're a gossip. You love sharing information not for the benefit of the person, but you just love sharing. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're angry a lot. Maybe you're just a big jerk. Uh, The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not be a big jerk, but I'm pretty sure I could make a good argument for that. Right? I don't know. I don't know what it is, the thing that you might be facing. There's things that Satan might be hurling at you to get you to stumble. Maybe it's discouragement. See, we could go in a different way with this, can't we? Satan may be always getting you down. Because the goal is to drop your faith, to give up on this Jesus and not be trusting him with your life. Not putting your confidence in Christ. That's what he's trying to do. Maybe, maybe you're just completely in your life. And this could look a lot of different ways. Maybe you're just completely self-centered. The most important thing in your world is You now you wouldn't say that that sounds bad and you don't want you to look bad but the truth of the matter is that the person you care about more than anybody else is you you're just you're full of self here's the thing I could go on man I could try to I could try to nail the thing what's the thing that you struggle with what's the thing that Satan hurls at you but here's the thing if you find that you are continually succumbing to these attacks that Satan hurls at you. Like, you're doing pretty good. Satan throws you, throws you one and you're, you go down. Whether it be this, that, or the other thing. I mean, you, you know you shouldn't do this. You know you shouldn't give into this. You know you shouldn't struggle with this. But it, it comes, you're down. And you man, I just can't seem to knock this thing in my life. I think the problem is that when you're thinking faith in God, You're thinking this. The confidence. And you think, man, maybe I need to get bigger faith and you're going for the bigger sword. And the real problem is your trust and your confidence is in the wrong thing. Because this shield, Paul says, it doesn't say that it might stop the fiery darts. It says it can and it will. Is what the language means there. If you've taken it up, those fire darts are going to hit it, and they're, it's going to quench them. That's what kind of shield of faith is. And so if you find that the, the fire darts are getting to you, the problem is you have not truly taken up the shield of faith. See, all these things that I, I was talking about could be easily taken care of by true faith in God. Let's think about uh, bitterness. Bitterness didn't mention that one a minute ago. Bitterness. Some of us are bitter because the reality is God's not big enough to us. See, to let go of the bitterness means they might get off the hook. God's not going to take care of it the right way. The way I think He should take care of it. Do you see the problem? You've got a small view of God. The Bible says that, that all the judgments, all the decisions of the Lord are right and should bring joy to the heart. So however God decides to handle this person in your life, that should bring joy to you. Because He's a good God and He does what's right. If if you have trouble with anger, you know what the problem might be? Your view of God. It's not big enough. Well, how's that got anything to do with God? Well, see, so you get angry at somebody because they're... They need to pay for what they've done. They need to suffer for what they've done. They, don't They They need to know at least. My anger can at least teach them what they've done so that they'll know. Right? See, if you, if you, if you decide to just say, okay, I'm just not going to be angry about this. There's a part of you, if you're an angry person, there's a part of you that feels like, if I don't get angry about this, I'm letting this person off the hook. That's not true. God is big. What you're doing is you're saying, God, they're in your hands. They're in your hands. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. See, because God says what? Seven times in one day? Didn't we use that example a little while ago? Those of you that are bitter or angry or somebody's hurt you and you're unwilling to just, just forgive them? you mean, I just forgive them? Yes. Even if they did the same thing seven times in one day, forgive them. Yeah, but don't you know that, that might they might do it again? Do you not have enough confidence in God that if God says forgive somebody, that you'll do what he says? I mean, he's the one that said it. Do you see how faith intersects with what you end up doing? If your view of God is big enough, God says, Okay, listen, I know that they did this to you seven times today. I I want you to forgive them. See, if you have a big view of God, if your faith is big, you go, Okay, God, you're God. I trust you. I'm going to do it. Right? And the reason why you don't is because you don't trust God that much. Be honest. I mean, I trust God, but with this, I don't know. Man, I, I he might. You see? Big view of God, big faith is what can guide us, can quench all those things in your life. Listen to this. 1 John 5:4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. This victory is connected with our faith. And it's not about getting more confidence in myself. i got to trust Him more. Oh, i got to get up enough confidence. No, just trust God for who He is. Even if you have this much faith, it's faith in a big God. That's the issue. Does that make sense? Is that making sense at all? You guys with me? It's not about trying to build up something inside of you to have big faith. It's about building up who God is in your head. That's what it means to have big faith. But what I love about the very end of this, and this is what we're going to close with, what I love about the very end of this is, see that word right in front of the word faith? Our faith. What's really interesting about this that I wasn't looking for, but I noticed, is that almost all the time when it talks about faith, even if it says you or your faith, if if you dig in and you look, and see, we don't understand this, the English language isn't quite like this, but if you dig in, Most of the time, it's plural. Your, like if I said, your faith. You, all of you together, your faith together. And then what's really neat about this is if we go back to the picture of a shield. If anybody knows anything about Romans and their shields, and what they figured out what they could do together, what what kind of things did they do? Anybody ever seen this before? The tortoise formation. Guys in the front, your shields are here. Guys in the side, your shields are here. Guys in the middle, put your shields on top. And they would, I mean, they didn't have tanks back then, right? And so this was their version of it. And they could go marching into a, a, a situation. And this is one of the tactics that the Roman Jews that would, one of them great victories. Is that going to happen by yourself? No. No. One of the reasons that maybe you've struggled in your life is because you've been thinking of faith as an individualistic thing, something that you have to get. But see, if faith is a belief system, let's let's call it this, the Christian faith. You heard that said before? When I use faith that way, it, it, it means something. It's not talking about the Christian confidence in themselves, is it? It's Feeling. The Christian faith is this, this view of who God is and what Christ has done. That The Christian faith is our faith. And this is not meant to be something that you do alone. Like the Lone Ranger, right? God designed His people to be together. This is one of the reasons why you can go up to somebody and say... You know what? You need to go to church. (laughs) Right? It's not because it makes you a better person. Because of things like this. It's ours. It's our faith together. And you think about situations like this, and let's take it back to us. See, you're struggling with something in life. Maybe you're getting ready to... You're struggling with bitterness... See, so you had the shield over this way. Maybe you've blocked lust, and you're you don't have a problem with that. But man, you're a bitter, angry person, and those fire darts are hitting you all over the place. <coughs> See, together, then you got this person that comes along and says, you know, you shouldn't be bitter like that because this is what God says, right? That's like that guy on the side with the shield, right? Okay, I got the one on the front protecting me from this, and I got this guy on the side. He's going to help me when I. I'm struggling with bitterness because he didn't have an issue with that. He trusts God enough that he's, he's willing to just forgive me. He, so he's, he's talking in my ear to help me here. Our face. you have got a big view of God. In fact, God's, God's so huge, I don't think I can get a big view of him all by myself anyway. He's too big. And then you got this guy in the top, right? Holding the shield up here. You know, both of us, we're getting discouraged in our spiritual walking. This guy, man, he's not discouraged at all. He's like, man, I trust God. I love him so much. I'm willing to follow him to the ends of the earth. I trust him. If something bad happens, he goes, man, God's in control. He's, got, he's the guy with the shield up on the top. See, together are our faith, this big view of God that not any one of us by ourselves can encompass who and what God is all by ourselves. But together we begin to get a bigger view of who God is. And we're able to encourage and lift one another up. Why do you need to be here? together. Our faith is the victory. Our faith is the victory. Not yours by yourself, but ours is a victory that overcomes what this world is doing. If you've been Lone Ranger faith, thinking as long as I got confidence in God by myself, I'm telling you right now, there's a key word for you. It's going to sound harsh. It's the word repent. Repent just means change your mind. Instead of thinking that your faith that you can muster up enough on your own, think. Start thinking like this: our faith in this big God, together, all of us together, trusting in who this God is, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, holding each other accountable. When we see each other having trouble, say, no. God is big. He's huge. He can handle this too. He's a good God. He's glorious. He's great. His decisions are all right. He's wonderful. He's a God of love. He loves you, not because of what you've done, but because He's God. See, we start saying these things to each other's lives to build each other's view of God up to give us that big faith. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I I thank you. I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I want to pray for those that are sitting in here today, Lord, those in front of me, that their, their view of God has been small. And so they've struggled in life. The fiery darts come, Satan hurls things at them, whether it be persecutions or temptations or trials, and they're up, they're down, it's all over the place. Lord, help them to realize that when you say, Oh, you have little faith, the thinking is all wrong. We don't need bigger faith in ourselves, but we need a faith that is bigger in a big God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.